Hey everyone, welcome to House of Hoops, it's episode 31, it's Monday night, September 14th, the year is 2020, I'm Jeff Hausman, coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. Thank you so much for listening. Let's introduce, let's introduce the rest of the crew. The unknown hoopcasters. In studio with me is Pat Biggert. Hey, what up, Jeff? Hello, Pat. Going? How's it going? Oh, you know. On the phone is Laddie, host of Laddie Lucky and Hope in the Morning on Q107.5. What's up? What up, buddy? Uh, also on the phone is Bo Brady. Hey, I, you didn't tell tell us tell him where where I'm living. Bo is from the great city of St. Paul, Minnesota. Is that a real place? Well, I'm from Memphis. I, I represent know. Memphis always. I was trying to I'm think. Always, of yeah. I'm always Memphis, 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 Memphis. I was trying to think of something goofy to say, but nothing came to mind. That's all right. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me tonight. Hey, man. Glad you're here. Glad everybody's here. Let's talk some hoops. Let's have some fun. You can reach us on Twitter at House of Hoops. That's H-A-U-S of Hoops. We're on Instagram at House of Hoops Podcast. You can call us at 901-365-75. I'm really excited to do another night court edition of the podcast. Uh, Apparently, this is the only time of the whole week that we could come to all being in the same place at the same time. Thanks, COVID. (laughs) Yeah, it's a hoax. (laughs) (laughs) Masks are real. people, People will start believing you. 
Yeah. It's uh, a sticky situation. You know, it just depends on what you're, who you're listening to, apparently. I don't really think it's a hoax. Ask uh, a friend of mine whose wife was pregnant and caught COVID, if it's a hoax or not, when she was in ICU and they tried to pull the baby out. Jesus. If it's a hoax or not. I can get, I can get Kate off the TV and she can come tell us all, all sorts of frontline stories of COVID if we really want. Maybe that's a hard that's a hard pass. I'm not opposed. I'm not scared. She's delivered a woman that was on the vent for a long time. She delivered her baby, uh, and oh. she's had a lot of COVID positive pregnant people. Yeah, it can get pretty bad when you're in the ICU, apparently. But hey, believe what you want. That's what I say. I can, we can rant about that later, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's fine. Hey, thanks for listening. Yaz flute in there. Is that Ron Burgundy? Play us flute floats. I mean, what are we doing here? We're here because we want to talk sports we want to talk basketball we want an escape from reality it's fun what do you guys want to fucking talk about basketball mike malone mike malone we got d'antoni's departure yeah we got some uh we got an epic game seven coming up tomorrow Mm-hmm. we got a we got a great uh showdown inevitably in the eastern conference finals mm-hmm. also tomorrow Mm-hmm. Lots of good stuff. Mm-hmm. What do we have? We got Daniel House. <laughs> Daniel House. Yeah, what was the story there with that guy? We can talk about that. Laddie, you got the scoop on that? For your Houston yeah, Rockets? He was, no, he, yeah, no, he, he got kicked out of the bubble because he had some girl stay there with him in his room. But apparently she was like one of the girls who was administering, administering the freaking COVID tests. So he, she let, he let her stay the night with him. And they, they found that out. And they're like, dude, you got to go. You broke protocol. Because apparently she goes back to her home. She doesn't have to stay in the bubble. You know, and a lot of other people who work there don't have to stay in the bubble. So <laughs> they were like, dude, you can't just have this girl come staying in here. And so I just think it's hilarious. Now, what do you think they did overnight? Probably play cards. <laughs> Got room service. Shared yeah. room service. We can only order one entree. They'll get them. They'll know. Play some cards. Watch the movie. Wholesome activities. I mean, how crazy is that? Like, the, I mean, you, you're in the NBA playoffs. You, you, have a, you have a good squad. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, it's like, 
all right, well, like you know what's going to happen to you. Like you know the you – know, I knew something like this was going to happen. And then right after that, the next day, Rajon Rondo's brother, he's in the stands and he gets kicked out for yelling stuff at people. For Westbrook. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, Westbrook. And, and thing about him is he's like he's the barber. ESPN had just done a story on the guy. He's the he's the barber in the bubble. They made this whole barber shop and stuff and it, it's really a cool thing. But it's just so funny that he gets kicked out of of a bubble game, you know what I'm saying? I don't think he was a barber. I think he was in charge of like lining up the barbers. Oh, because the NBA well, couldn't Good and get a smart app for that. They had to get Rajon Rondo's brother. You need a guy that's plugged in to get to line it all up. You know, get the right. Dude, those barbers. guys, if they want to, if you like, are yeah. you down? Like, they could just add that to their like bubble app. It would be like they have enough programmers on their payroll. I'm sure. Yeah, but we're creating yeah, like jobs. He ran, for the, he ran that thing. Yeah, I wonder. Do you think Adam Silver did he make a trip to the barber yet? Has he been in the bubble? Of course, he's in the bubble. He's a commissioner. Seen I've seen him nowhere. I don't think he I've seen sitting, him on the sideline yet. He's been there. Sure. Where's Robert Parrott? Anyway, you know, going back to no, Daniel Adam House, Silver's but, bald. That was a joke. Oh, he got to get <laughs> he got to get that bald lined up. There's probably some strays that come in here and there. You think David Stern ever shaved uh, Adam Silver's head for him while he was like an intern? <laughs> I don't know. He's not actually bald. He's still rocking the shaved hair from uh, from his intern punishment. Like I'm just maybe gonna, that, that's like the the new conspiracy theory is that uh, David Stern was in. Never mind, I won't even go there. <laughs> it's it's all a, a like a hazing ritual that's continued on for like a decade plus now. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go on a whim and say that Adam Silver probably does use a barber to get that close shave on his face. I bet he does. I don't know, my brother-in-law, he 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 bicks his head or whatever. He does it himself. He says it's easy. So I think it's probably one of those things you just do yourself. Do you think Adam Silver can grow hair on his face? I would think so. Yeah, well, he's bald on his head. I'm not sure he's even a human being. <laughs> he's a strange-looking guy. Does he have alopecia though? Mm. Does, he, does he have eyebrows? That'll tell you everything. Let's look. Did you see what Harden said about? He's Daniel got House? eyebrows. Oh yeah, he's he's got eyebrows. All right, no alopecia. Did you see what James Harden said about Daniel House? No. Uh-uh. He said it was a major distraction. He said it, yeah, it affected J- the team. James Harden was jealous. He's like, I've been James Harden took a took his Corvette straight to Atlanta once again. He got went to Magic out. City the second yeah. he could. I mean, what would you do? I would not go to Magic City, especially <laughs> not, if I was not co- that. COVID clean. <laughs> I would just go home and chill. He said uh Daniel House was a huge part of the rotation and it was a major distraction. So is that before or after they were down three one? Was after they were done. <laughs> well, I know I know that, but I'm saying like you know they're bl- he's retroactively trying to blame that on House, but they got their ass kicked. Yeah, it's like he probably shouldn't yeah, have said anything at all. He was playing thirty minutes a game, thirty one minutes a game. I mean, playoffs. those are big numbers. Uh, I think yeah. Houston fucked up though. You know, they essentially traded dollar for dollar salary but picked up an extra year when they got rid of Chris Paul for Westbrook because Westbrook and Harden wanted to play together again but it seems down the stretch that Chris Paul was with obviously had more gas in the tank he can actually still shoot the ball he can create shots uh for other players I mean they I think they took on the wrong end of 44 million dollars for that extra year 
Yeah. Well, it was funny to me that, that they, uh, you know, Chris Paul hurt his hamstring, but I I don't think that was like a last year in the playoffs. And I don't think that was an indication that he's washed or, you know, not durable. Okay. It should be a run of bad luck. I'm going to go on a whim and say, if there's no COVID, there's no stoppage of play that Houston probably ends up in a better spot at the end of the season than Oklahoma. Westbrook doesn't catch the COVID. Westbrook doesn't get injured in a trying to get back into shape in the bubble. Then he's probably a different player in the playoffs. I think you're right. I think no one talked about like, does he have any residuals from getting Mm COVID-19? Has has any player come out and said that they have any residual effects from it? You think they would? Yeah, Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba is not right. Still, that's what he's saying? Um, He wasn't right in the in the bubble. He left the bubble, I believe. Oh, wow. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't I seen that. an update since then. But, yeah, he was not right at all. Then uh, Rudy Gobert said he hasn't gotten back something like a smell, I think. Or... Yeah. I would assume a lot of guys would be hesitant to talk about it based on the fact that they don't want to look weak or something you know who knows no it's it's not even that it's it's their agents are saying don't don't yeah you know too. you gotta that too. you gotta this yeah. money that too you absolutely right. when they go when they go on the line yeah when they go sue them for getting covid <laughs> how, how are they gonna well, you sue can't i mean millions you, of people in the country you can't, have it? You there's know. so much community transmission yeah. you can't you can't say that you you got it from a practice you you know you could have you know, it's like, well, but your Instagram story said know. that you were at Magic City. Right. Donovan, Donovan Mitchell, he, he said he got it from Rudy Gobert. Look, it could be the other way around, though. I call oh, bullshit. Oh, yeah. Could be. Really? Well, I mean, yeah, how, how would you know unless they, there's no way to tell? I'll tell you what, DeAndre Jordan might have a case. He caught COVID going back to Brooklyn because the league made all the players go back to their market cities. If he never has to he, report in Brooklyn, he maybe doesn't catch COVID. That's, I think yeah, that's, right. that's yeah. part of why he didn't go to the bubble. Fuck this. I talked to I, t- I talked to this lawyer guy, and I asked him about that stuff, and he and he just said he thinks that there's going to be a lot of lawsuits once this whole thing's over. People are going to be like, "Well, I was here, and this happened," and and I mean, who, who's to say it didn't happen? Hmm. You know, you have and, to prove that it I mean, did, though. And you can't, you right? Can't. Right. That's that's the right. whole that's but, the I whole mean, point I, though. There might be a lot of right, frivolous lawsuits filed. I doubt any man's going to get paid. Right, just, but I mean, like you could say, if, if, if a restaurant gets closed down because of some shit, I'd be like, well, I was in that restaurant, I got COVID, and they they had to close down for COVID. You say that shit, and the next thing you know, like, you know, well, you're right, they did. If you have a receipt in that day, you know, I mean, I don't know if I'm yeah, not trying to give every instance, but like, dude told me that there will be lawsuits and people are just going to find random shit to try to sue for him. Mm-hmm. That's so, probably I mean, true. Maybe the, NBA, maybe the NBA is one of them. You never know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. I don't know uh, where we're going with that. but I mean, we were talking about Houston. So while we were still talking about Houston, what about, uh, you know, their season over? Now Mike D'Antoni comes out and says he's, uh, you know, he was under a one-year deal this year anyway. Says he was not coming back. I'm sure that was probably a fairly mutual decision, anyway. So now they've got to figure out their next steps because they kind of went all in. They've got yep. eighty plus million. They got two supermax guys on the roster next year, and then have to build around them. And they're looking for a coach. Yeah, they got a bunch of junk around those guys. Right. 
Has it has uh, have any of y'all heard? Has any have there been any top candidates that have emerged uh, for the vacancy there in Houston? No. I saw something that uh, Jeff Steve Van Gundy. Steve, Jeff Van oh Gundy Steve, was, Steve Van Gundy's coming up again, huh? Uh, Jeff Van Gundy was uh, linked to the job. Okay, I saw. Well, I, I saw something about D'Antoni possibility of him going to the Sixers. I heard about that. Oh wow. I'd like to see like a coach like Dave Yeager go to the Sixers, just like a good basketball coach, somewhat hard nosed. I feel like those guys could benefit, and Beat especially could benefit from somebody like that. I mean, Dave's a hell of a play caller, that's for sure. We we witnessed it here in Memphis. He he definitely knows his X's and O's. the The issue that guys like Yeager and even Lionel Hollins had, and I'm sure there are other coaches that I'm just not thinking of right now, was their inability to get along with management. And that's yeah. kind of cost them. Uh, I feel like Jaeger got screwed uh, out there in Sacramento. They were almost a playoff team under under him for those you know a couple of years. The last year that he was there, they showed a lot of improvement, and then they canned him to bring in. I guess it was Luke Walton. Well, I think the um, like Jaeger's inability to to click with management works to his advantage a little bit because Seventy Sixers are under such pressure right now that they just want to, you know, make it to the conference finals. And Jaeger might be able to deliver that. And it might be just enough friction and enough X's and O's to get that done. I mean, I think it's it's been shown often in sports where they'll they'll be the coach that brings the franchise out of a rebuild and then can't get over the over the edge, over that last hump. And then they bring in, you know, a guy like Phil Jackson or they bring in another coach. And that's the guy that takes him all the way. Like Mark Jackson had a pretty good run before Steve Kerr got there. And then look what Kerr's done with that team and, and uh, has managed, you know, to build around his core. They've been awesome. And I expect them to be great again next year when everybody's healthy. I'm seeing here that D'Antoni's also been linked to the Pelicans. Oh, I've seen that too. Yeah. In I Indiana about that. too. What I would want to so know is. Yeah, no, there's no shortage of options for him. All right. What I would want to know is. So this was D'Antoni's fifth head coaching job. He was with the Rockets for what three years? Like, how many more chances is this guy going to get? How well, many more? 60, Sixty-seven. How many more opportunities do you give a guy that's not one with five teams? I agree. Like, why? Why does he keep getting jobs when his it's just not working? It just seems like it doesn't. Like his system doesn't work. It doesn't create championships. Actually, he's sixty nine. Why would anybody? Oh, wow. Why would anybody want to like just go down that same road where you get marginally good with this guy? And I guess he's a players coach. Like I said, no, it's because he's a name. I'm telling you, it, it, it's all because he's been coached before. Say, so figure out, we'll get him in for a couple years. Maybe he can do something. I don't agree with it. I don't like it, and it sucks. Right, Dave Yeager's record's not much better. He's sitting at about five hundred for a regular season, for forty percent in the postseason. Six years of experience. Well, you have to also consider that Jaeger took over a rebuilding team in Sacramento for, what, the two years or three years that he was there. Yeah, I guess it was. Because they were terrible when he came in. Yeah, he didn't really uh, make I mean, them better, though, did he? That last season, they were they were a lot better. Okay. They were just shy of 500, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, all right. So, give him another job. Jaeger, I can see. Uh, D'Antoni, not like I'm not even trying to argue Here about Dave Yeager, like whatever. Yeah, I'm just saying like so, there's a lot of other people out there that want jobs, and 
haven't really well, had as many was, shots at it. No, what, that's Letty? true. Well, there's six jobs opening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what Dude, I saw. So check six. this out. Stan Van Gundy, who I talked about earlier. Stan Van Gundy has a coaching record of 523 and 384. That's with three teams, okay? Mm-hmm. Three teams. And D'Antoni is 672, 527, and he's got six teams under his belt. Mm-hmm. Like, I would not be going to this guy. I mean, I'm sorry. You, I, you're above 500. Yeah, I get it. But his playoff record is 54 and 56, man. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking at this, stats don't lie. So I'm going with I'm going with the, I'm calling up Stan Van Gundy. If I can't get him, I'm calling Steve Van Gundy. Either <laughs> one of them, I'm getting a Gundy in here because I'd rather take 523 and 384 going into a brand new season. I would rather take that. I haven't really heard Stan Van Gundy's name thrown around a lot. Do you think he's does he, does he want to get back into coaching? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, he's got a pretty I don't, I don't pretty know. sweet si- like analyst gig now, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can. I mean, I think if the right job came up, I don't know if he'd want to go to 76ers or not. I, I, hard to say. I mean, 76ers, I mean, that's definitely right not a rebuild. You know, he, I mean, he wouldn't be starting from scratch with a team full of scrubs and young guys. I mean, Jenkins got lucky with right. us here. Uh, and there's a reason that normally you get a young, semi inexperienced coach to come in when you have those teams in a rebuild. Like, how wasn't Brett Brown with the Sixers? Mm-hmm. for seven eight years and they were fucking terrible for many many years yeah. and they just the whole trust the process trust the process yeah that was a mess but then you've got guys like chauncey billups that are on the come up well that's what i was nash right thibodeau got a job tayshaun prince wants cassell to, cassell wants one tayshaun prince i know wants to coach yeah. i mean you know the there's a ton of former i mean former yeah. players especially black players that rightfully feel that they should be getting at least these opportunities to to get a coaching gig and and they are kind of passed over i mean the nash thing i think is different just a he's a two-time mvp i know you guys touched on this last week uh but i I feel like he was handpicked by the players essentially to come in and coach him but there are guys like like you said like billups that are Mm -hmm. well deserving of an opportunity well with billups it's always been about being the right situation i think I think he's had numerous offers. I do. But he has declined. Not the right fit or whatever. I mean, he's rich enough. You know, he can do what he wants. Well, he's just not going to put himself like, in a bad spot. Well, I mean, it'd be one Luke thing Wolf. if he were still young and kind of hurting for money. But he had a nice career. He made made a bunch of cash. So, like you say, he can kind of pick and choose his spots where he mm-hmm. wants to go. Like here you go, Luke Walton, one to 129 wins and 189 losses. And I'm sorry, but you don't work here anymore, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I and, and but I wouldn't hire him just because he's been coaching in the NBA. This is a perfect record of someone who will probably get another head coaching job because he's coached before. Like that's it. I'm sorry, you throw me, Steph Curry, anybody on that squad, I can at least 25, 30 freaking games. Did you say you? Yeah, yeah. So, you, so you're playing in the NBA now? If all, I was a all five coach, foot nine dude. or ten of you? No, uh, if I no. was a coach, no, no, no. I'm telling you, okay, he's okay, going to be okay. a coach. Having, 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 right. having the having, <laughs> of, having the right players. <laughs> you're not the 16th man on their 15th man on the roster. Laddie's Laddie th- Laddie has thrown his hat into the ring. All right, Laddie. I hope you get it. This is kind of well, are you kidding me? I mean. Look. I'm pretty 
I'm better than I'm better than like forty percent of these guys because my zero, my record zero zero. It's an interesting discussion. None of us know what's going to happen with the coaching changes, but it does kind of feel like it's headed towards a kind of a changing of the guard with uh, coaching where these uh, older guys are going to get kind of phased out. I don't know for sure, but it just seems like the coaches are, there's, it's kind of a changeover right now. You're going to have to see who's going to adapt to the trends of the league. Yeah. Pop is in a position where he can do whatever he wants until he retires. But he's, the younger coaches are going to be the ones that have to play the way the league goes. Yeah. Popovich is probably looking at the, door closing himself seems like well he's probably i think you know i'm sure it's been talked about he's setting up becky hammond or tim duncan hell yeah whichever one is there or Be- becky duncan yeah <laughs> co-head coaches yeah she just married some of their both become coach just, tim's current wife might have a problem with that put all three of them into a computer simulator and merge them together and just have a hologram I oh. could just have a battle royale, winner take all. Yeah, maybe they should fight for the job. I don't know, but no, it just it does kind of seem to me like there's a uh, some changes going with head coaching as going in a young, younger direction. Part of that maybe the success Steve Kerr had. I'm not sure. It just seems like coaches are getting young, and then D'Antoni. I just don't understand. Like he, okay, he walked away from the Suns, but. Why? I just don't understand why anybody would give that guy another job when his system just does not work. I know he knows his shit. He'd be a, maybe a great assistant somewhere, but I just don't, I don't understand it. Like how, how many times? I just don't get it. Dude, he's had really good teams, man. Like a real that Suns team was awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, he's been the coach on what multiple MVP, like players winning MVPs, playing under his systems. So, yeah. you know, he, I mean, he had Nash, he had Harden. I guess two for Nash and two for Harden. Yep. Also, this week, we can add the Oklahoma City Thunder to the list of teams in the market for a new head coach. They got rid of Donovan. I honestly didn't think that we would see any head coaches lose their jobs because, the of, bubble. because of the weird situation. Well, Donovan chose not to come back. Okay. Uh, is he the only coach in OKC's history? Because they want to rebuild, right? No, they had what's his face. It's in Washington. Scotty now. Brooks. Um, That's Scott right. Brooks. You're right. I forgot about that. What's his butt? Yeah. What's his Brooks? What's his Brooks? There it is. But I really didn't see a lot of changeover happening, regardless of what the damn situation is. I figured everybody was going to kind of stick to where they were because there's so much uncertainty with the next year and the next season and where the financials are going and just all the questions. I was like, dude, nobody's going to do anything. And instead, it's been the opposite. There's been all kinds of crazy shit. So, fuck. Fuck what I know. <laughs> so, Donovan's contract. Well, well, let's go back. Donovan's contract expired. I don't know if it was one or the other side. Like, What did you hear? I heard that it was like a mutual parting. Like, Oklahoma wants to kind of rebuild maybe, set the deal, and Donovan doesn't want to do that. What did you hear? I just saw that it was, well, the way I saw it from Woj, I think he said that Donovan did not pursue an extension or new contract. I so. saw something similar, you know, essentially it's a, a mutual parting of the ways after yeah. his, and his, I guess, five years there. 
I think Chris, I think he would have been gone. If Chris Paul didn't work out the way he worked out, he was gone either way, I think. I don't know. I thought maybe Chris Paul could have saved his career. I think OKC wanted him out. I think they're saving him face and saying that it's like a mutual thing. So maybe he can get a job in the future and not look like he got fired, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll Or speak- maybe there was a job he wanted. Well, speaking of Possible. future, I saw something uh saw something the other day that said the Bulls uh possibly have some interest in him too. So he could still also end up on his feet. He's been a solid coach. Had some playoff wins, coaching good players. I don't know. Donovan looked like he wasn't I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know if he is a good NBA coach. I really don't. I think he was heading in the wrong direction. Sometimes these college coaches it just doesn't work with the pros. What works in college doesn't work with the pros. Didn't work for Cal. Yeah. Rick Patino. Patino. Carrie Kittles. Carrie Kittles. Penny Hardaway. <laughs> he coached the pros? Well, no, he t- Cal <laughs> took Carrie Kittles over uh, oh, yeah. your boy Kobe. <laughs> Never heard of him. Of course, it's not going to work. What was this story about Jimmy Butler and his family in the bubble? I, I saw said, that he didn't bring yeah. his family. It's a business, it was a business trip. trip. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I mean, he keeps his head on straight. This is a business trip. Got no time for that. I I, I didn't catch all the details though. Anybody it seems else? like he'd be friends with Kawhi, and the in in terms of being friends, they would never say a word to each other. You know, possibly occupy the same yeah. room. You know what's hilarious about that is I thought about that over this week. What if Kawhi and Jimmy Butler are on the same team? Yeah, they're best friends. They never said a word. <laughs> it would probably work. <laughs> it's my best friend. I still so, never talk to the guy. It's Jordan and Pippen. But that just shows, you know, that just shows a lot of a like maturity and how much you want it. You know, this guy doesn't even bring his fucking family to the bubble. This other guy's sneaking in hose to his hotel room. <laughs> you know. So what Jimmy Butler said was, "I'm not messing around because everybody wants to have their family without a doubt. But we've been doing this for too long." What's another couple of months? You, you know, I'm the NBA for, missed. He said, he said, I'm here for business. It's all business. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah, it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I don't like the guy, but I love his attitude. I love his attitude. What, Bo? The NBA missed a huge marketing uh, partnership opportunity with Flashlight <laughs> because of the <laughs> pandemic in general. Like, <laughs> There's, Each player has like three of them in the in his room when he gets there like in case they mess up the first two yeah it's like and then and then uh in the or is it bill simmons once uh in, in the basketball hall of fame like a i forgot what he, what he suggested but basically like a you know goofy memorabilia like you know what was that the deandre jordan the texting thing that they did with the free agency oh right like he wants he wants something like that to be in the hall of fame He's talked about kind of like a in the NBA Hall of Fame having like a novelty section in the Hall of Fame where you have like maybe one of Shaq's broken backboards and kind of one-off NBA moments that are very memorable that aren't necessarily like about the Hall of Fame. It's just kind of a novelty like, section, like Ron Artest and uh, boxing gloves. Yeah, like like maybe the Gatorade bottle that got thrown on Ron Artest or whatever or the beer. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, or um, like. For the Memphis Grizzlies section, you'll have that Allen Iverson guitar that the, they gave him. <laughs> what about the the trash can that Matt Barnes kicked in the uh, in the arena after we beat them in Game Six when he was with yeah, the Clippers? Yeah, exactly. I see where he's going with this. 
So this, anyway, in the yeah. now for the bubble portion of the Hall of Fame, the the, the novelty section, there'll be, you know, the different players' flashlights. So like, oh. Bonds will be like ten feet long. <laughs> <laughs> um, Some players use flashlights. You'll, you'll have T.J. McConnell's, which is an average flashlight. You know, that's fine. Um, <laughs> This is getting way too personal. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to. The different players junk down there. I don't bro. know about you, Bo, but I don't really want to go there. That's really gross. Uh, what would that be, though? Like, it's clearly not going to be in the NBA Hall of Fame. But Bobon's what, flashlight. What would you do? Like, what what could you do to like enshrine these things? I don't know if that's the right word. Which things are you talking about? Like these, these novelty things. Like, oh, Simmons talked about it. This is not my but, idea, and I'm bu- no, I know, butchering it. But what would you do? What could you do with them, though? There's got to be a like you just have the like a lighter room, side like, of sports kind of thing, and you just have yeah, like, like like look, that's a backboard shack broke, and you have actually one of Shaq's shoes compared to yeah. you know just shit like that. Do you think these things exist? Like almost, I'm sure. I'm sure they've already got stuff like that. Just kind of like in maybe like in the. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, for instance, they got like a right. guitar from somebody. Yeah, they need like a ro- like a rock and roll wing in the Hall of Fame. It where would they be keep, like a rap wing, where they keep all the the no, it would be like all the wild ass shit from the league over the years. So you have like Darko Milicic's ripped. That's Memphis what I was jersey. exactly what I was going to suggest. Somebody's ripped jersey. Yeah, but. It would have to be like the sex, drugs, and rock and roll wing or something. Well, they could have it by eras. <laughs> See, that would be cool. Just break it down by eras. You'd have like uh, fucking uh, Wilt Chamberlain's like pimp gear, like that he used to, you know, when he was out there banging all these hoes. He's got like the, his, you've seen old pictures of him. He's got like the fur yeah. jackets and shit on. Like oh, yeah. you got some old, old Wilt gear out there and you got like some uh, 85 Jordan stuff. You get like his gold chain for when he was. And the dunk contest wearing the gold chain, you mm-hmm. get some cool shit like that. Yeah, yeah. You could you could have Antoine Walker's apartment after he was broke. It'd just be like one corner of the the oh, you know a re, like a model. <laughs> yeah, like the Piggly Wiggly at the Pink Palace Museum. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Children's Museum. <laughs> it's like there's like a can of beans opened. Um, wow, damn. <laughs> uh, oh, that was too easy. That was a softball. I think what you're describing is the uh, the big three Hall of Fame. The big three Hall of Fame. You could get the, that pound of weed that Zebo yeah, left yeah. in his backpack and uh, dropped on the ground when, when they got busted at the party and his buddy took the blame for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I Actually, what I want at the, the big three Hall of Fame or whatever is that, that weed that Damon Stoudemire got busted for at the airport that he had wrapped in tinfoil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the foil wrapping. Yeah. <laughs> the weed's gone, dude. <laughs> this is the weed that Damon Stoudemire tried to go through a uh, metal detector with. with. <laughs> artist, rendition, artist rendition of Damon Stoudemire tinfoil weed carrier or whatever anyway. Hey, weed could, pouch. That was terrible. But. Simmons is probably on to something there. He's probably going to start his own museum. God knows he has enough money to do it. They got Larry, Larry Bird's uh, overalls from when he's Back home in Indiana? Yeah, it's just uh, some apartment that Ben Simmons has in Boston full of fucking memora- weird memorabilia. <laughs> you can pay money and go see it all. You got a Bill Simmons apartment? Yeah. <laughs> what else uh, sparked your interest this week? 
I mean, the the Denver game for sure. Just Denver in general when it comes to basketball. Yeah, they still got a game to play, huh? Right. I love game sevens, man. And the fact that they took it that way. And what I saw, I don't know, just like the coach. The coach was like, you know, last year we ended up basically second or third. This year we're basically second and third. And everyone's saying that we're a cute story. He's like, dude, we're here to win a championship. And if we just slide through the radar, like, we don't care. We just want to win. And, like, I, I like the story. Mm-hmm. You know, at one point, I at one point during the uh, Utah Jazz series, I forgot they were the second seed or the third seed. I forgot. Right. I thought Utah Utah was so dominant against them in the first four games. I was like, oh, shit. Damn, okay. And then I'm like, uh, wait, they're the third seed? They're getting whooped like that? Yeah, last year the Nuggets went to the semi conference semifinals, took the Blazers to seven games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they almost went. Yeah, they they did it pretty good. And then the first round they took the Spurs to seven games last year. Crazy. Well, now they're looking to become they're the first good. team ever to come back in two different series from a th- from down three to one. I mean, that in itself is a hell of a story right there, especially if they pull it off. That's never been done. Yeah, I was thinking about that series. I think it was yesterday or the day before. Is it just me, or does it seem like Denver matches up with the Lakers a little better than the Clippers do? Yeah, yeah. The they Jokic, got some size down low. Yeah, the Jokic-Davis matchup seems super interesting to me. They've never played against each other in the playoffs. Well, well, well no, I don't think – I don't even think uh, – well, I guess has, – has Davis ever played in the playoffs? Yeah. With I New Orleans. So. Yeah. Really? With New Orleans, huh? Been a minute though, right? But it just seems uh it seems like a really fun matchup to watch offensively. Just to see because it, they're not really the same type of player, but they're both bigs and they're both heavy offensive players. And they're Davis is both great. incredibly skilled. Yeah, skilled players, thank you. Uh Davis isn't he's a little better defensively, but he's more athletic, but yeah. Uh Jokic makes up for that right. with court vision and he's he's a great shooter he's got that funky yeah kind of step back jump shot that he's able to do that always looks like it's coming off the wrong foot but he's able to drill it it just seems like a like i i think the clippers will probably win that game seven but i think as far as how they match up with the lakers sorry i think a way that they match the which team matches up better with the lakers i think it's denver i think you're right dude paul mills paul millsap you throw him down there. You throw Jokic, no get Jokic down there. Old Shit. man Millsap. Yeah, and then they get Shit. they get good minutes from Plumley as a backup center. Yeah. I mean, the Nuggets have a ton of wings, like wing right. depth. Right, right. I mean, obviously the Clippers have the Clippers have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and but the Nuggets are able to throw a bunch of wings at you. Right. Yeah. So, Laddie wants to get into the playoffs. Let's talk playoffs. Let's talk about what happened this week uh, in the playoffs. So Denver and L.A., Denver and the Clippers are headed to a Game 7. Miami beat Milwaukee. Boston beat Toronto. And the Lakers beat Houston to move on to the conference finals. So Some of those series were much better than other ones, though. Right. The Heat Bucks, you know, should have been very good. Giannis not being able to play really for the last couple of games really set them back. Yeah. But even when he was out there, they were getting worked. Milwaukee imploded, and we can get more into Giannis if you want to. Yeah, sure. Milwaukee seemed to implode a little bit. Miami made it look easy 4-1 to one in the series. Yeah. 
And they've got some coaching concerns also now. Yeah, I guess so. Budenholzer's he's held with such high regard, but who knows now? I mean, it could go back to what what I mentioned a little bit earlier. You know, he's the coach that got him built up and to that certain level, but it might take a new coach to get him over the hump. If Giannis doesn't believe in him or want him there, right? I think upper management would lean with the player on that one. Well, especially with a player like Giannis, who they are trying to re-sign to another Supermax yeah. keep in in Milwaukee. And then they had the, the – Giannis had, what, the three-hour lunch with the owner, was it today even or yesterday? Yeah. Uh, where the owner committed to spinning in to the luxury tax and doing whatever it takes to surround him uh, with players that it would take to win. Yeah, initially Giannis seemed like he was determined to stay. He said something like – he goes through walls, not around walls, yeah, uh-huh. some shit like that. That was a quote. And then next thing you know, he's like unfollowing teammates, unfollowing the Bucks on Twitter. Yep. And it looks like he may have flip-flopped on his stance. I mean, that is his right. It does. It's a huge story in yeah. the NBA. I mean, there's not a lot we can say that you can't get everywhere else, like people that are way more knowledgeable than us and have more ends well from the, the situation we all are fans of a small market club though so right that kind of player it's doesn't bode well for our team you know when, when our two guys come up especially you know john Morant when john comes up for his deal if, if every big star just packs it up and moves on well right now people are saying he's unhappy in milwaukee as far as i know at this point john Morant's happy in memphis you keep these guys happy why, though, is Giannis unhappy in Milwaukee? What do you attribute that to? I mean, they 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 flamed out in the playoffs again. Yeah. Well, he was hurt. But, he was but hurt, there's yeah. something else there. It's not just that. There's something else that he's not happy about. But friction with teammates? Friction with management? Like, why can't they win games when he's in in the playoffs? Not enough supporting cast. Like, I mean, he's got Middleton, but. I kind of feel like it's his fucking fault. That they're not as successful as he wants them to be. Is that weird? How is it his no, fault? How do you feel it's not really possible. I think well, he's how do you pointing, attribute what do you attribute I feel like he's pointing fingers at everybody else because he can't accept the fucking responsibility that he's blown games. He's ah, turned okay. balls over. Okay. I don't know. I'm getting into like this psyche of a person I don't know. But it just seems so weird. Like everybody's saying he's unhappy in Milwaukee. And I wanna I, I look around and I say, Why is he unhappy? Like why? They have a pretty good fucking team. They got one of the most sought after coaches. Budenholzer's held in high regard. They have a new arena, so you know their facilities are good, right? Like, what's the deal, man? Like, they have an owner willing to spend money. I think it'll come out at some point, like what the issues really are. But right now, they're being kept away from us. I think it's the. T- I mean, I think is Chris Middleton's good, but he's a good third option, not a good second option. And Bledsoe's not that great. So. You know? Could would you think, say that he feels like they're putting their money in the wrong place? Because Middleton's contract is insane; it's really high. Is he, he a max player well, too? Isn't he going to get like forty million or something? Middleton is. Yeah. Yeah, thirty, thirty, thirty-five, five, and it's nearly eighty million remaining on his deal. Yeah. What is that? Two more years or three? Is that a problem um, to Giannis? Is this two? Right, it says two years from now, if his game diminishes, he's still making thirty-five, five with nearly eight million left on his deal. 
Right. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm reading it right now, and it just says the Bucks Bucks option is probably going to be a trade, arguably with someone involving Middleton and or Bledsoe. Both are good players, but in their cases, one's 29, one's 30, and both signed a long deal. Mm-hmm. So trading either might be considered selling high, especially in a deal involving Middleton, because that's your money guy. And he made a second straight all-star appearance. He's got a hell of a contract, but I mean, you got to get something for him. So he's looking. But then again, you're, you're mm-hmm. but yeah, but you're losing a you're losing two good players that helped you get where you're at. Right. So if you get rid of those two guys, you better bring something. Well, you better bring something. That's what I'm trying to get to here is that so he's looking around at other teams like the Lakers and the Clippers, maybe in Miami, even perhaps, and he's looking at these like super teams and then he looks around at his locker room and he says this is not a fucking super team so the difference <laughs> though the, i think the difference in the teams that you mentioned in a team like the bucks like with Giannis, think about the guys that are leading those super teams you've got lebron yeah. who is essentially the player the coach the gm the everything he's building that team around himself mm-hmm. and is willing to take on that leadership role and then you've got Kawhi and and Paul George and uh, for the Clippers with Doc Rivers, who's a hell of a coach out there, uh, and they just have a lot of vet guys with a ton of experience. Even like they, you know, with Pat Bev and and shoot, you know, I'm I'm blanking right now, but they've got anyway. What I'm saying is they have a ton of veteran leadership around him, and outside of Giannis, and I guess you you know you count Middleton, couple time All Star. But there's no old savvy vet players really that they have that help solidify that team. Yeah, and, but, and, and but I, also Giannis I mean, needs to get a few years older. I think might be part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's young, but also I think where he's at, man. I mean, dude, you want to if you're if you're arguably one of the best players in the league, is Milwaukee where you really want to go? And you, and 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 I mean, it it is what it is. But sometimes these bigger markets are flashier. Okay, so you know that. So he's mad. He's unhappy in Milwaukee because he's in my Milwaukee. Like, is that what it is? <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, look at a lot of these players. They don't. If he knows that he can get better money or the same money being in a better market, you can't though to make more money, right? But I mean, potentially. No, down no the other team down the road, sign up for more money than Milwaukee can. He's up for the supermax that'll give him like two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, they have his bird rights, so they can sign him to an extra guaranteed year as well. It's a weird situation where he looks like he might want out, but he keeps flip flopping on it, and then right, it's, it's like, well, I'd like where are you gonna go? He's still under contract for next year for a large amount of money, so that somebody's going to have to give up something big monetarily right. to get him. So here's, here's something that was kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier. So he's going to go to the warriors for Andrew Wiggins and that pick. Is that <laughs> I, where you're going? I fucking hope not. No, but no. <laughs> so he's clearly one of the most talented players in the world, but is when it comes to a leadership style, is he an alpha type guy the same way that LeBron is that Jimmy Butler is? In Miami, who I'm, I'm guessing we will talk about next, Miami, uh, or Kawhi, or Paul, you know, like the the alpha alpha leaders, and hell, even Luke has proven to be in Dallas so far, you know, this far in his career, like just give me the ball, put the game on me, let's go. Donovan Mitchell is that type of player. Yeah, I think he thinks he is, but is he though? 
but I don't think he is. I think his situation, a best situation for Giannis would be to go to a team with players that are actually better than he is that he feels like he actually does have to defer to somebody like LeBron or So Col- a Pau Gasol scenario when he left Memphis and went to – Right, with Kobe. Yeah. Went to Kobe. Yes. Yes. There, he, I mean, it'd, be, it'd be perfect in Houston, man. If you get rid of Westbrook, or you to, keep Harden there. I think what he really wants to do is stay in Milwaukee and bring guys like that into Milwaukee. I, I hope he's successful because – the small markets need a model for that with a superstar where right. they can also attract right. talented players. Yeah. It happened in Memphis once. You know, we got Chandler Parsons. Oh, yeah. He was incredible for us. Yeah, hell yeah. We got Chandler Parsons. It's not his well, fault. I, I it's not his mind, fault it's, that it's, he was it's, it's, broken. It's, okay, man. You got to go. All right, Laddie. Thanks, Laddie. It's almost, all right, it's Laddie. 10.30. It's almost 10.30. Yeah, you need to get him. All right, I'll see you guys. Thanks, right. Laddie. Yeah. See you, buddy. Bye. You know, you could talk about LeBron and Cleveland, but LeBron – you know, LeBron did bring a championship to Cleveland after leaving. He attracted Kevin um, Love there. He attracted. Well, they got Kyrie. They got lucked into Kyrie. The so one year he was like, gone, I think or whatever. If some mega free, if if Giannis could tamper, which they don't do in the NBA, but if he could, they don't know each other's phone numbers. Uh, exactly. If he could tamper, you know, he could. And someone wanted to come play with them. I mean, they could make the cap space or make a trade or something, make something happen. I mean, Milwaukee, I think they have all their picks going forward. If he wants to stay in Milwaukee, he will. And he's only 25. Not that, you know, not that tomorrow's guaranteed as we can, as we've seen with this pandemic. I, you know, I guess he'll probably give it another shot next year. You know, it's hard to, it's hard to say what the right, right answer is. Seems to me probably some sign and trades. And then if, if you're correct about the picks, then, you know, you give up a couple of firsts, two, three firsts to, to bring in someone that Giannis wants to play with to keep him happy, to keep him in Milwaukee. And, but I'm not sure who you, who you get rid of. You know, do, do they get rid of an all-star in Middleton to bring in a better all-star and someone else that could be a better fit? There's been rumblings of Chris Paul to Milwaukee, which if Milwaukee gives him a hard timeline, like, you know, like, a you know, two years and, I'm out, then maybe they do grab Chris Paul because I mean, I think that's worth the risk because there's not, you don't have to give much up to get Chris Paul from the Thunder. They'll, they'll happily take take Bledsoe's contract for Chris Paul, Bledsoe and Urson or something like that, and maybe a pick. Yeah. If they are, yeah, if they're willing, if they are in fact going to rebuild, then yeah, it Chris, makes sense. Chris Paul comes to mind. How many years can he really keep this up? Like, so yeah, they're but renting him he, for he two can years. be good. Chris Paul can be good for another year or two. And he's he can stretch the floor. He he can. Giannis will listen to him. I mean, if you could add Chris Paul to that roster, take Bledsoe off, add Paul, keep Middleton. Obviously, you keep Divincenzo, Divincenzo because you, you need him off the bench. I was that's a joke. Yeah, uh, and <laughs> and Chris Paul doesn't have to play. But you know, if if we're gonna have eighty two games next year, he doesn't have to play. But sixty games, he in the regular season, they're still gonna get a top two seed. In the East, with Brooklyn back next year too. Uh, let's see, what do you got? Who, who are the top seeds in the East this year? Toronto, Boston, or maybe all right. Find top top four. They can be a home court advantage. That's team. fair. I see that. I can. You could say that. So, I think Chris Paul's worth. I mean, if you if there's nothing else out there, and you could flip Bledsoe, because I don't think Bledsoe in three years is going to be better than Chris Paul in three years. I don't see it happening either. No. So Chris Paul is clearly so a better can, player. 
So if they can make that happen, then that's a no-brainer. Right? I don't hate it. Let's see. I was just kind of looking at our second-round picks that we finished making last week. Bose, you need you really need the Clippers to win in five. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm in trouble. Or else you got no picks, right? You did get the Lakers moving on, but you were a game off. You said that Houston would win two games. They only won one. I got Boston in seven. Nobody else got Boston in seven. But I think you knew that. That's Toronto. Yeah. In seven. Yeah, it could have gone either way. That game came close at the end there a little bit. It was a good series. Toronto looked like they were going to fold early on too and then ended up making a seven-game series. We all pretty much picked the Clippers to win. So, But the title? Uh, just uh, what I was talking about was the second round. Oh, yeah, okay. I've got him winning for whatever. I don't think I, – and I wasn't on the pod last week when y'all talked about it, but that, that was my pick also. Clips, yeah. I think most people do. I just don't know how they match up with the Lakers. Hey, Kawhi going to go out there and do Kawhi things. He's really going to have to play well, though, every game. The Lakers are just scary. And it's crazy. You look at their roster, and it's not like studded up with players. It's just Anthony Davis and LeBron. And some wily vets in playoff rondo. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Somebody else steps up every game aside from Braun and Davis. You got, you got Alex, Alex Caruso apparently is somewhat of the real deal. Yeah, Caruso, he's one of those guys, you know. Uh, somebody keeps stepping up every game. Since we were talking about uh, Milwaukee maybe stay in the east and uh, talk a, maybe a little bit of a preview. Or is that something we want to say? Hang on for next week because that game one is is tomorrow. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know Miami, mm-hmm. I think shocked but didn't shock a lot of people when they got down there. It's a tough matchup. They have a lot of vets. You know, a lot of guys that know how to win, and there's a hell of a system down there. Boston clearly got past Toronto in a great series. Uh, I'm I'm hoping for another great series here coming up in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. I think you're on to something there. I think the Eastern Conference Finals, to me, is more interesting and more fun to watch than the West. Because it just, dude, the West is going to get so much media. It, everybody's going to get so burned out. Well, if, especially it. if it's the two LA teams. Right? Like, how, uh, like, I get it. LeBron's great. But does the media have to, like, zero in on all LeBron all the time? I guess. It's what people want. That is what the people want. And as much as I hate it also, if you can get that out of your mind for a little while and just watch the watch LeBron play basketball, don't even consider his age, but it's just kind of going to be in the back of your head that the dude's 35 and you watch him, and he still can fly up and down the court. He can still jump out of the gym. He's still fucking awesome. Yeah. And that, you know, and, it, and that's, it, it's fun to watch a guy that, can play at that level, regardless of how old he is. You know what's fun to me? The idea that Miami's not supposed to be there. Yeah, I do love that. The idea that Boston really isn't supposed to be there. Everybody was saying Toronto in that series. Yeah. Well, and then uh, I think, was it right before we went on air, you mentioned that Gordon Hayward could come back. Yeah. Hayward could easily come back in this next series. I just But think- Boston was favored in like all those games. Where by they? Vegas. Where yeah. Are they? Damn. Like minus three every time. 
I did not know that. That's cool, though. But I just know everybody was like, oh, don't sleep on Toronto. Yeah. I mean, I Toronto's really good. Championship pedigree. They, they, right. Nobody expected Toronto to be as good as they were this year without Kawhi, but they played great basketball yeah. uh, all season long. I didn't expect Boston to be as good as they were once they got in the bubble. They've played great. I don't know what it is, but those teams are just so interesting to me. With Boston, it's it's Tatum and it's Marcus Smart and it's Jalen Brown. Brown. Like the possibility that he maybe he is the best player on that team. There's so much to look at, and then on Miami, it's all the young guys, and then it's Butler, Butler. leading the way. Yeah, it's just so interesting. I cannot wait to watch that series. Now I'm looking That's forward be, to it. It's gonna be. Awesome, and it's an it's an early game. It's five forty, I think, Central Time is when that game starts. I don't know. And then yeah. the late the late game is the game seven. Those teams are just so interesting to me, and I just cannot wait. Like it's a perfect matchup. I love it. I'm definitely looking forward to it myself. Yeah, it's gonna be like I would much rather watch a Miami Boston game than like a fucking Lakers Clippers game. What is? I it? agree completely. Because you know, the, I, because of media hype, is there just no? It's, interesting? it's like you have the Jimmy Butler Alpha versus you know Jimmy Butler Alpha with shooters and then Bam Adebayo able to like carry the right. ball, bring the ball to court, play defense, hit threes, like do like weird stuff. Yeah. Um, and then you have Boston with Jason Tatum, who we you know we don't know like when's his like we, he's really 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 good, but like we're all waiting for him to just like take over and just close the series out on his own it's god's will man god's will sometimes show up to play basketball and sometimes not <laughs> well i'm serious though can't you can't you imagine a scenario where jimmy butler's really good but jason tatum's better right oh I, I um, and then boston's able to with brad stevens coaching and marcus marcus smart's defensive intensity marcus smart can kind of match jimmy butler defensively yeah smart is definitely a dog like, so then all of a sudden you have essentially Jason Tatum winning that series for Boston single-handedly. Yeah, that's another aspect to it that I was I had omitted previously is the coaching battle between Miami and Boston. Spolster well, and that's what it was in Toronto. Like Nick, Nick, Nick Nurse versus um, Brad Stevens, too. Yeah. That was another great season. coach. It's just another dynamic to a series that could turn out to be just fucking epic. And I don't have, I don't get paid for this, so I don't spend the same amount of time that Kevin O'Connor and guys like that do. But all those dudes were tweeting about was like, they're like, oh, the coaching matchup is just like the defensive adjustments have been just phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my, you know, so he gets the ball at the elbow, and then oh, anyway, so. yeah, like overly breaking down the game. Well, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, the. <laughs> It's like I don't have I don't have synergy in front of me like telling me these things. Like, well, yeah, know. we don't have the resources those guys have. You think he's really coming up with all that shit on his own? <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking not. <laughs> he he has a defense, so he has his own defensive coach. Is what you're telling me? Yeah, he's got a whole team of people that give him information that he uses. He's just a fucking. I mean, he does have a mind of his own. I'm not stupid. I know that, but. Like, he's probably got two, you know, two monitors in front team. of him with all these stats and everything else that he needs. He's got a fucking well, team no, he of has, people has, working with him. Well, number one, he has synergy, and then number two, he's got guys that pull up stuff that he needs, guys Absolutely. he trusts. That okay, I want you to watch every elbow possession. I want you to watch every 
switch and I want Absolutely. to know what. Yeah. I mean, what we're doing is a little different than that. We're just kind of like talking about things as the way we see them firsthand. So do we just curious, do we want to give a, any prediction on this series on the Eastern conference finals on Let's the East? It. Oh, that's brutal, man. I'm sticking to my, I mean, I've said it since what our fourth episode Boston. It's always been Boston. It'll always be Boston. I don't want it to be Boston because I had Toronto in seven, but I think in this I might take Boston in six. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Miami because Jimmy Butler is the alpha in this in this whole series. And until he's not the alpha, he's gonna win this series. All right, that's fair. You wanna go on games? Sure, let's see. I think it goes. I, it has to go seven, right? Because we've had enough game sevens. We need. Has we, to. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, I mean, I th- I could be wrong, but I think for Miami to win, it's got to be Miami in seven. I'm I'm still gonna take Boston in six, but I think if Miami wins, it goes seven. Yeah, because Toronto, if that Norman that Norman Powell layup, if Marcus Smart doesn't block that, then you know who knows how that you know maybe Toronto wins that series. The margins are just like I've said last episode. The margins are so thin in the playoffs right now, and every, everybody's so evenly matched. It seems like it's been it's made for a lot of great basketball. Uh, not to get too sidetracked, but I read something recently that just said that the lack of travel um, has made the game so much better as well, because all the you know everyone's right there and ready to play. Now they're playing a lot more, you know, every other day than they would typically. The the series time or is more compact but you're not flying cross country getting jet lagged and everything else yeah you're not having you know your plane's not stuck on the tarmac for three hours because of a mechanical issue you're, or you, shit imagine right now if it was uh playing playing a game on the west coast you could have you could be having to deal with damn uh, wildfires out there too yeah. you know they, they could delay flights and everything else I know, and Antifa could be... No, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> Shutting down that one block of Portland and then making everyone think that uh, they've taken over an entire state. Yeah, that's right. Portland. Did you see Damian Lillard said if they got Giannis, they'd win it all? No, but it makes sense. If it fucking Giannis. <laughs> yeah. You have Giannis, Dame, McCollum. Yeah, you've got three superstars on the team. Yeah, that's a big three think and, and not in a huge market i would like that and nurkic and nurkic yeah maybe you can just bring all those guys from portland to milwaukee yeah damn ain't going anywhere he will if he's traded <laughs> god damn it that's true but god paul damn it. allen's paul allen's estate's gonna keep paying whatever they need to pay over there yeah, yeah no shit they got that money you know it's funny I, whenever they talk about <laughs> portland and antifa and portland's mayor i always think of uh uh, what's his face from Portlandia? <laughs> Fred Armisen? <laughs> no, the Portland, the Portland mayor and Kyle McLaughlin. And so he's and like, what's funny is in the show, he's always riding around with his like on a bike with the like some stupid like towny bike cruiser, like urban bike cruiser <laughs> with the bike bike helmet on. Yeah. So whenever they talk about Portland's mayor, I always think about him running up to these <laughs> protests with the bike helmet on. Yeah. <laughs> it's he's, probably entirely accurate. Got some <laughs> dumb fucking look on his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I nailed Boston second round in seven, 
and the Lakers. You did. Five. That was good. Suck my ass. Pat, you want a beer? Yeah, you mind if I get one more? Is there is there one left? You're not allowed. Don't you have a meeting in the morning? I do at 9 a.m. Oh, we better. It's not, that. it's not that bad. Nah, we're okay. I'm not complaining. Not yet. So, Pat, what do you think about tomorrow night is game seven, Denver Clippers? What do you think about it? Well, hopefully we're going to be in for another epic game. I hope that uh, for Denver's sake, I hope that they get the Jamal Murray – uh, from the Utah series, the guy that put up, you know, back-to-back-to-back 50-point games. I don't know if they're going to get him playing uh, a team, you know, that's clearly a, a better caliber in the Clippers. But, you know, hell, if he puts up 25, 27, and then you've got Jokic there that can also put up over 20 points a game. Uh, and if their defense can kind of keep Kawhi under wraps, so to speak, then you could end up with another great game. But, you know, playing a guy against a guy like Kawhi and Paul George now that he's, you know, come out and said that he was having some mental issues and then clearly has turned a corner, mm-hmm. um, you know, it could be a blowout. It could be a tight game. But either way, I'm looking forward to it. I do think, I do think, you know, if I've got a pick, I do think the Clippers will win. But I do think it would be, a, it's going to make for a tight game regardless. Could be, should be fun. Kawhi ain't going out like that. Kawhi ain't going out in the semis. No, I don't see it either. That's yeah. some bullshit. No, I don't see it either. He was a little sloppy in that last game, it seemed like. That's probably why Denver won. But you're absolutely right with Jamal Murray. He's got to be the fucking man. Yeah. Like, it's his series to lose. It's kind of up to him, it seems like. Jokic seems to defer to him a lot. Well, I think that Utah series put Murray – and I'll, to the moved him to the forefront of a lot of people's thoughts in terms of who are the really like who are the next generation of great players in the league like who's out there i mean obviously people had already been talking about donovan mitchell murray even though he has already gotten paid i think because he's in denver that plays into why not as many people know about what the type of player he is but you know going back and forth back and forth to donovan like he did that last series really let people know that he's a special player and and this is you know this is game seven and hell uh for whatever reason denver tends to shine and 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 win or go home games yeah so let's see if they can do it again i think it's going to be a, a hell of a watch what's wild about jamal murray to me he's 23 oh damn he's still very young <laughs> he's also a canuck if they keep that denver team together well, who's in Millsap, the old man on that team? Yeah. He's like 35 or something. Yeah. And he's still playing pretty well, too. If they keep Jokic and Murray together and just – let's not forget they're missing Will Barton, who's like 20 points a game. Like, Will Barton can get 20 whenever the fuck Will Barton yeah, wants. Yeah, he's, he's a bucket. He was really coming into his own this season. He's in his later 20s at this point. I think he's sorely missed on offense. And maybe a little on defense. Will Barton's an underrated guy, and I'm not just saying that because he's a Memphis guy. Well, no, he's a hell of an athlete, first he, of all, and he's, he's a great. He, NBA Will Barton's player. good, man. He was yeah. like a guy they he's were good. leaning on. Would well, you? No, would, like, I know both of you guys are, are Memphis Tiger basketball fans. Would you say that he's the best talent to come out of the Tigers in the last five, seven, eight years? Okay. Yeah, I guess. Well, who, well I mean, who's come out? Like, who else has come out other than Will Barton? Yeah, as I mean, far as I guess that's it, then. So yeah, no, I guess that's it. That's the answer. 
He's like I mean, the only guy that actually like made the NBA, and he struggled for a little while too. He up did in Portland. To what? kind of deep dive on Will Barton, Chris Douglas Roberts probably could have been a player much like that, but for whatever reason, it just he just mm-hmm. wanted to get high and change his name. I guess is that. Yeah, I don't know where it went wrong. He made some good money, I think. I mean, he yeah, played he, in the NBA for a little while, but he did fade he, away. He made like a couple, like maybe three million. That was it. But he was the kind of player that he could play defense. He was long and he could shoot the three. So there's always going to be. He was I mean, okay six, at hitting the three. He was okay hitting the three. Yeah, but if you would have like put the work in, he's yeah. oh, he's still only thirty three. My goodness. CDR. Yeah. Yeah, he probably could have played longer. He was a, yeah. He made wasn't he three like million a, bucks. Is he a four year player? At yeah, Memphis? I'm I'm checking it here too. Three three points. Yeah, he was a rookie at, at age twenty two. Yeah, yeah. And anyway, that's that's way off the rails. But um, Will Barton, yeah, that's like don't forget he's not there. So, so you're saying they're still set up to come back again? Oh, next the season. Nuggets are gonna. So another thing that is kind of getting. Uh, overlooked about denver is they have a great nucleus and they should be around for a while but they did lose an executive that was i think very important to building that team the uh what's his name artuis carnasovis something like Karnasovis? that Sovius. i don't know artuis we talked about he's him, an european guy but he was uh instrumental in building that nuggets team and he's now going to be building the uh the chicago bulls roster Denver looks like they've got things kind of lined up where they want to go. Can they keep it up is like the big question. They've got all the young talent, but they've got a, they've got Porter Jr. They've got Jamal Murray. They've got Jokic, but they're going to have to build on that, and especially if they want to get better. But they've, we're going to see them in the playoffs. We're going to see them in semifinals. Winning first round matchups in the playoffs for several years, especially if Jamal Murray is who everybody thinks he is, and he's obviously going to do nothing but get better. I mean, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I forgot what why we started talking about that, but for some reason, I started talking about Will Barton. <laughs> we're t- well, we were talking about Denver's wing depth, and yeah. and I, I brought that up in a previous episode that they do have a ton of wing depth, and yeah. that Will Barton is out. I mean, you have, they got rid of Malik, Malik Beasley to Timberwolves, but they still have Monte Morris, who doesn't really play in the playoffs. They have, I'm not even looking at their depth chart, but Will Barton's out, like we said. Then you have Murray, and then you have um, Gary Harris, who was not even playing in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then, they, then, then Michael Porter Jr., who is somewhat anti-vax and cons- pro-conspiracy theory, which really makes me, <laughs> really makes me mad and I can't even begin to if I would I would just wave him if I could. But anyway, he's really good. I mean that they have a ton of wing depth. It's it's it's, it's really crazy. Jeremy Grant has been a Jer- helpful yeah, player and he's too. playing mm-hmm. and he's playing good minutes for those guys. Like you see him on the court and you're like, who is that guy? He's like long and fast and he just blocked that guy's yeah, shot. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, he was hurt. Now he's not. I mean, they have like just wing after wing after wing. And then, like you said, they have Millsap. They have, obviously, Jokic is just otherworldly. It's like if you would have, if you like had a had a 
a Luka Doncic tree and you're like, I want a seven foot Luka Doncic that's kind of overweight and lazy. It's like, well, that works. I'll just take this, this Jokic guy. That'll be my lazy <laughs> seven foot overweight Luka Doncic. Right. Okay. <laughs> and then he lost weight. Yeah. Um, Gary Harris was good in game six. I think he had like 14 points. Yeah, or something. He's, he's come on since he's been back. Yeah. He started out slow, but he's well, then, and then, hitting stride. Uh, Porter. I mean, you, you don't want Gary Harris his, to be your number one wing option, but when he's you're like, you're, well, we'll just make Gary Harris our fourth wing option tonight. It's like a holy shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what I, you know, Porter is also made up for his deficiencies on the defensive end uh, by playing some some pretty good offensive basketball himself. Man, I don't know about that shit he was saying in the press about how he needs. He feels oh. like he needs to get more point or more shots or something. That I was mean, some weird ass shit. That well, was he's some just young ass shit. He's just an saying. over. He's an overconfident rookie, and you'd yeah, rather uh, have him. That's some Dylan Brooks shit. That's some get me traded out of here shit. Well, that's some Dylan Brooks saying when I go off, then John Jaren can go off. It's dude, like, yo, dude, that that ain't the way it is. You cannot fucking question coaching like that in the press. That was some bullshit. I think he fucked up there. I mean, you're, I think I, it just comes yeah, from overconfidence I, and being young. What did he say exactly? He was like. Well, I'm going to go to coaching and I'm going to talk about who's stupid. getting the ball and minutes. And I'm going to talk to coaching about who's getting shots. It's like, and then the next game he played like under 20 minutes or something. Good move. <laughs> yeah, I think he's being a dummy. I'm not sure. Well, like, dude, okay, you've got your little hot streak going. Maybe not go run to the press as soon as you're not getting as many shots up as you think you should be getting. Yeah. It's weird. You're surrounded by super good players. It's a team effort. It's really strange. It was really strange the way he acted with the press. Young. Young guy, I guess. Let's see. Oh. Bo. School. Hey. I heard school. Bo, where'd you go? Are you in the basement? I'm getting a beer. I'm sorry. We just can't hear you. You can't hear me now? Now no, we can. Now I can. I stuck my head in the fridge. <laughs> Sorry, I was underwater. <laughs> Sorry, my head was in the toilet. <laughs> but I have a headset on. <laughs> Let's get to basketball. All right. Can we talk about one game? We got, oh, is it going to be game seven? Game seven between Toronto and Boston was pretty good. But the game that was the most interesting to me this week was game six. All right, let me hear your thoughts on it. Double overtime? Yeah. Oh, that was a hell of a game for sure. Bo knows. So this was clearly my favorite game of the week. Boston led the series 3-2. to two. We're going into game six. Mike Breen and Mark Jackson were on the call. Breen was saying, don't count the Raptors out now. And he was right, but only for one game. But this was a great game. This was an awesome game. Mark Jackson was dogging Siakam in the pregame. I mean, maybe Boston has just got him shook. He was 4-26 from three in the series. Siakam, that is. Uh, Mark Jackson was talking some shit. Siakam's got to be better, you know. In the first quarter of the game, I heard that Marc Gasol was 0-4-11 from three in this series. He was not making it. Yeah. At one point in the first quarter, I watched uh, Daniel Tice straight up steal a rebound from Marcus Hall. 
Like it was in Gasol's hands. And Tice like hustled over and took the just took the ball away, just slapped it out of Gasol's hands. It's just out hustling him, really. This was the series that I anticipated being the most interesting of the second round. I think it turned out to be that way. Second round, I mean. Game seven with a double overtime game in there. Miami turned out to be a total surprise. Uh, beating Milwaukee, I think that goes without saying. But uh, Boston-Toronto has not let us down. It's been good. It was good. It was a great series. To me, it's a lot of what Marcus Smart is doing. He's everywhere. He had three three-pointers in the opening three minutes of this game. He had two fouls also. Uh, yeah, then he, he almost picked up a third pretty quickly too, if I'm not mistaken. That's possible. I don't remember that. You're probably right. I noticed that uh, Boston was running out quick after Toronto misses, just trying to get up and down the court quickly, it seemed like, just trying to run them. They love getting out. Those young guys, those young Boston guys, Tatum and Brown, they love to just like immediately outlet what? and just get going down the court. Anytime that Toronto had Gasol in, um, mm-hmm. that's just you're you're going five on four mm-hmm. every time. Just hey, Tice, just run. Like let's go. About seven minutes into the game, I noticed uh, Tice had a really nice block on Siakam. It seemed like the intensity. In the first quarter, was there from the get-go, like from the start. This was an intense game. <laughs> Mike Breen said something fu- something funny. He said, uh, every day in a bubble feels like a, a Wednesday. And uh, <laughs> then he said that was actually like a quote from D'Antoni. Because there's no weekends. Every day is just like a Wednesday. Every day is a work day. <laughs> like you're in the middle of the week every fucking day. Fuck. Yeah, that. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> no. Man. You work all day, every day. For months, that's what that's well, yeah, what these guys, yeah, ESPN guys, yeah, that's what these. I mean, that's what D'Antoni. There was a D'Antoni quote. So, this guy's how old is he? We decided he was like D'Antoni, 60, yeah, D'Antoni, five hundred years old, late sixties. Yeah. Oh, so this is. Uh, I'll sidetrack us very briefly. Oh, no, go ahead. Tim, Tim Bontemps is a really good follow on Instagram for all things bubble. Okay. He uh, he, he posts pictures of like, like live like live game stuff. Oh, okay. Photographs and stuff, like in videos you'd never see otherwise. It's pretty cool. I'm going to have to get you to send that to me. Put it on the Twitter. Let's see. One thing they mentioned uh, in the broadcast was Marv Albert and Hubie Brown are not in the bubble for ESPN. Is that an age thing? I guess. The broadcasters in the game mentioned that they weren't in the bubble, and I'm thinking while I'm hearing it, I'm thinking, shit, man. Like, they might be safer in the bubble. Probably yeah, so. No, Hell, the, if, he, the, if everyone goes to the quarantine. Right. But they're not there. Those are two, like, top ESPN guys, Hubie Brown and Marv Albert. I hadn't even, like, it hadn't even crossed my mind that they weren't there until I heard them say it. I think people miss Marv Albert a lot less now because of, uh, well, now it's going to be like Doris Burke. Well, no, no. What's what's the dude's name? It's Kevin Harlan because oh. Kevin Harlan is fucking incredible on the call. Right. Kevin Harlan sounds like Marv Albert, except he's, Got right. more energy now because he's younger. Right, right. He does sound like a lot like him. They all have this voice. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Those guys are rich. They don't need to risk anything. They probably have people like doing everything for them, so they're not at risk at all ever. Well, Hubie's got to be what eighty? He's now? a thousand. <laughs> he's legitimately ten thousand years old. 
86. Wow. He's touching 90. Ouch. So I'm watching the second quarter, and this is kind of when I start looking at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and I just can't fucking figure out which player is better. They're both just fucking ballers out there. I think they're great together. I don't know on their own if Jalen Brown is as good as he is on Boston without Jason Tatum. I'm not sure. But together, like, they got to keep those two together. They're so good. Boston got up 11 in the second quarter. Nick Nurse called for time. Jalen was getting it done. He had 17 of the first 36 points in the game. That's pretty good numbers. <laughs> At one point, I heard Mark Jackson say something fucking hilarious. Pat, he said uh, he disagreed with the advice of Bill Belichick, who's won like 300 championships in the <laughs> NFL. He's starting to be good. He disagreed with the advice that Belichick gave Nick Nurse after winning the championship. Nurse asked Belichick how to coach after winning a championship. And Belichick said, make practice harder. Okay. So then Mark goes, Mark Jackson goes, <laughs> he goes, that may work in football, but ain't going to cut it in the NBA. The longer you practice, the better you'll be. It's just not true in the NBA. He said some shit about like being precise with your time in practice. And that can go like just as well as working harder and longer in practice. But like the fact that Mark Jackson is like arguing with Bill Belichick, with Bill Belichick essentially is like fucking insane. I don't understand. Like he's like he had, he could have just said that's an interesting right. That's a good take thing to say. Like oh Nick Nurse, like interesting question. Oh Belichick, he answered him and gave him a good answer. Instead, I disagree. Like what the fuck? Why? What gives you the fucking... How many titles you got there, Mark Jackson? <laughs> like, what gives you the superiority over Bill Belichick? <laughs> he ain't the one. And, and I'm, I'm not a Patriots fan, but yeah, he ain't the one to question. But I guess what Mark Jackson was saying is, like, about using your time correctly. Like, you can practice all day. That's a valid point. And not use your time properly practicing all day and, like, learn fucking nothing. But... To practice harder doesn't necessarily mean, like, longer. Better. Yeah, it's just, like, push your guys even harder, I think was what Belichick was trying to say. But Mark Jackson totally missed that. What they did agree with after the end of that fucking back and forth was that experience does matter. And no. That's, that's basically... I can't believe they came to that conclusion. That's basically what they ended up with was, like, yes, experience matters. It was so goofy. Cool. I just remember laughing out loud. Mark Jackson goes, I disagree. I was like, wait. <laughs> what? Belichick's won like six championships in the last 10, 20 years or something, or less than that. I don't even know. Okay. So here we are, and I'm watching Gasol, and I know that he hasn't hit a three pointer in the series. He finally hits one in the third quarter, makes it a one point game. Boston's up. 52 to 51. The Raps ended up leading by six with six to go in the third with another three from Gasol. And then uh, I was watching Marcus Smart out there. I was watching a lot of Marcus Smart because I just love watching him. He may, He's out there making great passes. Lowry was balling out too. They're both hitting threes. It's just back and forth, back and forth. Gasol 
got his fifth foul and had to come out of the game at the end of the third quarter. Toronto was up 88 to 83 with nine minutes to go in the game. I really started tuning in at about that time. Marcus Smart, I can't say it enough, man. He is so fucking good. Anybody that doesn't think that Marcus Smart is a hell of a player and will do whatever it takes to win, it's just not watching him. They're, they're only watching him when it's convenient to them, maybe. Or they're only focusing on when he makes a bad play or something. The fact that he can sit back behind Tatum and Brown and just do the little things and get the offense moving. His passes are crisp. He never, I never see him make a fucking bad pass, really. He's minimizing his deficiencies. Yeah. He's not making bonehead plays. He only makes like safe, good plays, you know? Celtics ended up with taking the lead with a Tatum three with about eight minutes left in a game. Three minutes left. It was a four point game. Toronto was up. Tice scored, made it a two point game. Tice ended up dunking the next possession to tie it up with a minute 45 left. And then nobody scored again. Like they tied it up with a minute 45 and then nobody fucking scored again. There was like a questionable timeout that Toronto got. Two Boston players and one Toronto player all had hands on the ball after a rebound. Do you remember that? Kyle Lowry called timeout from like behind them. It should have been a fucking jump ball. There was like two seconds left on the clock. It should have been a fucking jump ball. Siakam ended up, they ended up getting the timeout. Siakam took a game-winning three, missed it, go to overtime. So let's fast forward to like two minutes left in the first overtime. And it's tied. It's tied by Toronto's Norman Powell with a three. It's 104 all. And then Toronto ended up with another shot to win the game. This time it was Powell that missed a three. So we got a double overtime. It pretty much stays tied. There's like two minutes and 22 seconds left. The game's still tied. It's tied again at 110. Toronto ended up getting a three-point play with Powell, and they went up four. Tatum got an easy two on the other end. Lowry had some crazy fadeaway two. The game is just going back and forth. Tatum hit a three to make it a one-point game. 123 Toronto, 122 Boston with like five seconds left. And double overtime. The Celtics <laughs> passed the ball in just about full length of the court to Marcus Smart. It was like a chess pass. I think it was from Tatum. It was like all the way down the fucking court. Smart got the shot off, but he missed from three. The ball went out of bounds, and Toronto was set to inbound it with like .7 seconds left. But there was this weird thing that happened at the end. It looked like Marcus It looked like Marcus Smart was fouled by Mark Gasol before the inbound. And there's granted there's like under a second left, but like because like Marcus Smart was on the ground and Marcus all clearly pushed him in the back and was like leaning all over him. There was no call, and that was pretty much the end of the game. And that was when you started seeing all the jawing going on after the game. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. Saw so like Marcus Smart was out there like he's he's fucking pissed off. I don't think the jawing was a big deal, but I think that blown call was a big deal. Like to me, like it looked like Mark fouled him, but uh, Toronto ended up winning. It forced a game seven for Friday. I mean, those dudes were so gassed; they were so tired. 
I was just happy to see a game go like that, where it was just back and forth, back and forth. Just yeah, I, I just kind of watched it as a fan, and mm-hmm. and just it was just it was it was so awesome. Yeah, it was a great just to watch, game. just to kind of like I wanted to take notes and kind of try and have some good stuff to say, but I just kind of I decided just to just sit back and just watch a double overtime game, and it was so fun. Yeah, and it was really close. I mean. Just you know, a resilient effort awesome. all the way around from Toronto. It was a really good game, and uh, I don't. I probably didn't do it justice talking about it, just kind of recapping it. But those were all kind of like the points of the game that seemed like they meant a lot. Yeah. So, I think Boston was pretty upset they didn't just close that sucker out. <laughs> and then yeah, had to come back and play seven. Yeah, they had to come back and play a seventh game, which they ended up winning pretty comfortably. Grant Williams was big at the end of that game seven for Boston. He had a, that block shot on uh, Van Fleet. Some free throws. Yeah. He, uh, he made a free throw. Uh, Kemba made some free throws at the end of game seven. They got like a five-point lead at the end of that game seven. They won it pretty comfortably. Kyle Lowry was fouled out. Lowry fouled out with like a minute left or something. I mean, if I know if, 16 points, if I'm in that position, I know I'm going to lose. It's game seven. I'm, I'm fouling out. If I, if I'm going to lose anyway, I'm going to not be, I'm not going to stick around. I'm going to well, foul myself out of the game. I don't know. I want to be in the game. Well, if you're going to lose, if there's no change for coming back, I don't know if he knew at that point he was going to lose. That was kind of, he, he didn't foul him on purpose. He got tangled up trying to strip a rebound or something. Yeah. I don't think he fouled out on purpose. I get what you're saying. Like, fuck this, get me out of here. Right. I don't think that was the case on that one, though. So Boston advanced. Looking ahead, I mean, I think we all agree it's Boston Miami's game to watch. Yeah, you guys all picked Boston. I'm 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 gonna stick with Alpha Alpha Jimmy Butler. I love it. I think it's great. It could go either way. I have no fucking idea. But I'm sticking with Boston because I've been with Boston. I think Marcus Smart is the guy that, like, who's the answer on Miami for Marcus Smart? Is it Tyler Hero? Who's the, <laughs> other, who's the other guy? I mean, Hero's got some swag. I think he's, again, like, he's a rook playing above his years, but still. Who's the other guy, like, across the table from Marcus Smart? Crowder? Uh, I don't really play the same position, but I see where you're going. I mean, he's that dog-type player. Yeah. Crowder's you can put get... Crowder on a guy like Smart. Yeah. So you keep Butler fresh on the yeah. defensive end. Crowder's got some size. Crowder's going to have his hands full with Gordon Hayward. <laughs> if he goes back. Or Brown or Tatum. Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, they've got, like, they've got some, they've got some options for sure. What about Solo? <laughs> <laughs> Solomon Hill. He's a player. Also go defender. Yeah. I haven't seen much of him in the playoffs. Am I missing him or is he not playing? I don't know. I would need to. I need to. I don't know how many minutes the game he's averaging. I, I'm not. Don't sure. even look it up. He's not fucking about, playing. What about fucking? Is Iggy doing shit? Well, never mind. Yeah, is that the other guy? Is that the guy across from Marcus Smart? Is it Iggy? Yeah, he's signing books. He's like autograph on autograph tour in the bubble, collecting a fucking fifteen million dollars a year to do jack shit. He's sucking Jimmy Butler's dick because his wife isn't there. <laughs> Golly, I remember he was like <laughs> when when the when the pandemic hit real fast. Well, well, when the pandemic hit, like they're all like on 
Andre Godala's jock about his book. I'm like, oh, please. I don't want to read another book. Hear about a book about the fucking Warriors. I was no, like, fuck it that. just so happened that Clef and Clef, Clay and Steph are the best shooters ever. And they, Clef. I mean, it's just luck. Is that, is that their new name, Clef? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Clef Lip Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! The Clef Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the Clef Bros. <laughs> Fuck! I apologize. That was bad. It's in poor taste, Bo. Really. <laughs> hey, we've been at this for three hours. What we gotta go. We gotta go. Uh, what are you guys looking forward to? What are you doing next week? I'm homeschooling. What are you doing? Fucking jack shit! I'm going to play golf at Miramichi with some. With some dudes nice. I've never played golf with before. I can't wait. Don't fun. get COVID. Ah, fuck that. We'll be outside. Separate cars. No, I know. No, we could. Separate, but If equal. I'm going to get COVID, it's not going to be on the fucking golf course. <laughs> That's true. It's going to be at your place of business. Probably, if I haven't already. Pat, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate you having me, man. Always it was good, good to be back. It's fun to have somebody in here. And these night courts are fun, not very good for Laddie's schedule or mine, particularly. But yeah, uh, I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what to do. I don't either. Like, There's no answer. Like, I looked at my like I looked at my schedule today, and I was like, "There is no fucking way I could get away for two no hours." Way. Hey, man, it's I totally. It's it uh, is what it is. I and totally understand. I did have to delay my smoking of copious marijuana by a couple hours, so. <laughs> I guess still not. It's gonna be all right. Still not legal in this state, Pat. <laughs> but uh, what state? I have no idea. Yeah, what state where are we? Yeah. We're in Olive Branch. Come and find us. <laughs> uh, Bo, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. I had Thanks a lot of fun. Me. I enjoyed talking hoops. Thank you to Laddie. Sorry you couldn't uh, be here the whole time. We'll, we'll figure something out, man. I don't know. This is all temporary. I plan on doing this podcast for at least like 30 more years. So <laughs> this is just like a fucking speed bump on the highway or something. There we go. You know? like, I, hope, I hope you don't find yeah. too many speed bumps on the interstate. Fuck that shit. Yeah, my kids will be back in school and Monday afternoons will be up because Laddie will be, still be rolling on the air Yeah, on Q1075. I had fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thanks again for having me here, Jeff. Yeah, man. I'm, I, like I said, I'm happy you were able to be here. Hey, let's stop arguing about wearing masks. You know, the more you make a big deal about it, the more it wears on your psyche. If you just lean in and just accept it and stop trying to fight it, I think it'll improve your quality of life dramatically. And stop trying to fucking fight everything. That's just my thought. Like, I've accepted it. I'm not stressed out when I have to wear it. Masks work. Second that. It's about being respectful to the people around you and not spreading the virus. All right, y'all. Next week.